0: Somebody clap your hands to the Lord this morning. Praise the Lord. Turn around, shake somebody's hand, smile real big. Show them your molars. Tell them you're happy to see them in the house of the Lord this morning. Praise the Lord. And if you're not happy to see them, tell them you are anyway and we'll repent after a while. And then you may be seated. You're welcome. Last week we began a uh, study on spiritual priorities, if you'll remember that, we began talking about uh, spiritual priorities and uh, the first uh, in this series, the Word of God is, is full of, uh, of things that God says is a priority more than what we think are priorities. It is amazing uh, to me, it's not, uh, I I don't want to sound negative or uh, anything like that, but it's amazing to me what people put in their life as a priority, that they will devote all of their time, they will devote all of their energy uh, to uh, something that does not uh, benefit them, it does not grow them, it does not make their life better, Uh, we talked about that last week. there's a, an example of it. I guess it's a little bit uh, negative, but if, you, if you'll allow me to, uh, to say it. Uh, this past Friday night, we had a wonderful, wonderful service here at the church. And uh, directly across the road was a stadium packed full of people watching a football game. Now, understand, in my opinion, church... And, and the, being in the presence of God, being in the, in the spirit of God, seeing God do wonderful miracles to me is a priority over a football game. Now, that's my own opinion. Um, but people have a tendency to mix up priorities. And we talked about that last week. So, so God and his brilliance, God and his wonderful uh, splendor and his wonderful uh... dealings with mankind decided uh... to put in the word of god to show us in the word of god what our priorities should be more than what we uh... we think they should be and we began talking about that uh... last week and we read a very lengthy scripture reading out of uh... the book of matthew in chapter six and i'm not going to read the whole scripture reading again But I would like to start with verse 31 of uh, Matthew chapter 6 and go through verse 33. The Bible says, Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after these things do the Gentiles seek. And we're going to talk about that statement in just a few minutes. But for your heavenly Father knoweth that you need all of these things. But here it comes. Here is one of the first uh, priorities, the scriptural priorities that the Bible gives us. But seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all of these things uh, shall be added unto you. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and these things uh, will be added unto you. Food, your clothing, all of these things will be taken care of. God knows that you need them, and He's not going to leave those things uh, undone. But our priority should not be seeking these things, but we should seek the kingdom of God, and we talked about that last week. This morning, I want to uh, take up where we left off and begin talking about uh, the, the biblical exercise of discipline that we have to put forth, that we have to do in order to rec- for God to recognize that we're putting first the kingdom of God. We have to do some things for God to see, hey, they're putting my kingdom first. You remember, uh, for those that have been a part of this uh, Sunday school class for the last several months, uh, we talked about a couple of weeks ago uh, for three or four Sundays, the five times in your life that God does not grant you a miracle. There's five, there's five circumstances at least where God's not going to give you a miracle. It was amazing that last night Brother Holland brought one of them up and said that God will never do anything for you that he expects you to do for yourself. So God expects us to put first the kingdom of God. He said, seek ye first the kingdom. That is, in in my opinion, almost a commandment. That's almost Jesus saying, I want you to do this. God will not do that for you. He's not going to force you to do it. It will be a conscious decision that you make. When you get up in the morning, you will make the decision. Will I do what I want to do or will I do what God wants me to do? Am I going to put the kingdom of God first in my life? So, as we in our life begin to engage the will of God, as we begin to engage putting the kingdom of God first, there's some things that we do that God recognizes. God sees us actively putting his kingdom first. He has to see us do that. It's not just lip service. Man, I just, man, the church and the kingdom of God is the most important thing to me. Saying that is one thing. Doing it is something else. I have gotten to the point in my uh, short life that I have told people, I don't care what you say. I don't say it like that. But show me. Show me what you are. Uh, When I was teaching a home Bible study, to 30 people at a retirement village, a retirement community, and most of you know about that. I had people would come up to me and say that they're all of these things for God. I don't want you to tell me what you, what you are. I want to see it. And so God expects to see out of us, more than lip service, us actively putting his kingdom first. So what does God uh, God expect to see? What does uh, what are these signs to God that we are putting the kingdom of God first? First of all, I want you to understand there are, for everybody, it's different. And we have to be careful to judge people whether they're seeking first the kingdom or not. God, is, that God does that, God makes that decision. And there are some people, because of uh, governmental controls, because of uh, certain circumstances in their life, they're not able. To do, uh, do, to do things that you can do. And so remember that. Uh, I remember one time uh, hearing a story about a, uh, a man that was very abusive to his wife. And his wife uh, loved God. She did her best to serve God. But because of her home situation, there were some things that she could not do. Because of her, uh, her marriage, uh, there were some things that, that uh, she struggled with being able to do uh, just simply to try to, to, to live, just to try to cohabitate uh, in the same house. There was some, some situation there. And so there were, there were things in her life, there were things that she was not able to do, there were some things she had to do that by most people's standards would say that she's not seeking first the kingdom, but she was doing everything that she could to seek first the kingdom, and God knew that. So we have to be careful not to judge people based on on, uh, our opinions and our views. Remember, we don't judge, right? Boy, I thought I'd at least get one amen. I got a couple of nods, but not a single amen. Let me put it this way. We're not supposed to judge, right? We don't judge, right? People who have more of life's possessions than us should not be judged as putting first the kingdom. People that have things don't always seek first the kingdom. People that do not have things are not always seeking first the kingdom. Your earthly possessions, your money, uh, your prosperity, your lack thereof is not... A determination it is not a thermometer of whether or not you are seeking first the kingdom of God that was dead quiet that time we cannot judge categorize predict any of that somebody's relationship with God based on what they do or what they don't have There are people that don't have two nickels to rub together that are that that are close to God. They are on fire for God. They pray a lot. They fast a lot. They hear from God and they have almost nothing. And you have people that are wealthy, and you have I I know of a circumstance in this state that there I heard this several years ago I've actually uh, seen this man before but they said that uh, kind of word got around that uh, his offering just about every service his offering was $1,000. It's nice. I'm sure the church loved it. <laughs> but he had money. But they said he was the first guy at the Christmas banquet that would serve tables. Because he put first the kingdom. He didn't allow those things, and so, uh, so, so, possessions is not it's not a determination of somebody's place in the kingdom of God. The Bible is full of people. The Bible shows us many people that that sought first, that looked for the kingdom of God, that that tried to search out the kingdom of God. And we're not going to we can't obviously talk about all of them today, but we're going to talk about a couple of them that, in their state, when they found out that there was more. Than what they had, they begin to look for it. They begin to search it out, and the first one is, uh, is is one that we don't think of often. We call her the Queen of Sheba, and according to First Kings chapter ten and Matthew chapter twelve, she sought out the wisdom of Solomon. She heard how brilliant Solomon was and how God had blessed Solomon, and so she got together a band of people, and she got together a huge offering and and gifts and all of this stuff and a great company of people, and she traveled a long way to hear the Word of God. She traveled a long way just to hear the Word of God. And I wonder sometimes how much uh, of that same longing for the Word of God and that same passion to seek out the kingdom of God do we put into place in our life. I wonder f- about me. I know uh, I had a missionary here uh, several years ago, and uh, he told an incredible story. I'll never forget it. Uh, there was a uh, man lived way out in a village in Africa. He was a missionary to, uh, I think it was Ivory Coast in Africa. He lived way out in a remote village out in the middle of the grass plains, and, and uh, there was no roads, there's no... Uh, improvement there, there's no infrastructure, there's none of those things. And uh, every year in the Ivory Coast, they would have a Bible conference. It lasted three days. And this man walked to that Bible conference. It's 90 miles. And because of the extreme heat where this place was at, it's, it's so hot, it's close to the Sahara Desert, Uh, because of the extreme heat he would walk at night so that he would be able to walk further and uh, he didn't have a flashlight he had no money he had nothing and uh, they said that the the, what made this so much worse is because there's so many wild beasts in that part of of the of Africa that would uh, gladly gladly uh, have him for a meal if I can say it that way be kind of crude there was hyenas there was lions and jaguars and and routinely in that part of Africa people were killed by these wild beasts and then not only that there were uh, militia men, armed militia men that would roam uh, roam around the cities and stuff and look for travelers and and cause them to pay them sums of money in order to pass even if you had no money they would try to take anything that you had And uh, oftentimes these travelers were killed and so he had all of these dangers that he had to uh, worry about but nonetheless he desired to be in the Bible conference so much that it took him over a week of walking just to get to this Bible conference. And then he would be there when the doors opened in the morning and he would not leave the building until they closed at night. And literally he would walk Comfort. it was not the, uh, the aggravation it was not the loneliness it was not from being away from his family but his greatest desire in life was to put the kingdom of God first he wanted to hear the word of God and be a part of the word of God and there was an incredible story uh, I'll go ahead and mention it of him leaving he was getting ready to leave uh, that service uh, one year and was going back to his village he did this year after year after year after year he did it every year Uh, and he was already an older gentleman, and uh, they were getting ready to leave, and as he was leaving, somebody overheard a group of thugs talking about robbing this man, and he had nothing. But I guess if you have nothing, if somebody has nothing, what are you going to take? Nothing. But nevertheless, they decided they were going to rob him. And they told the gentleman that This group of guys plans on following you and robbing you, and he said, well, God will take care of me, and he walked out into uh, the night, and uh, he testified that about a day's journey in, uh, he felt like uh, one night somebody was watching him, and uh, he prayed, asked God. The thugs uh, later testified. Actually, I think he converted some of them a couple years later, and they said, who were those six those six well-armed men with you he said there was nobody with me and they said we had full intentions of robbing you of what little bit you had and uh, we wouldn't have minded killing you it wasn't a big deal and when we got ready to approach you in your camp uh, that afternoon we looked up and out of nowhere there appeared six heavily armed men and we just decided to leave you alone Seek first the kingdom. All of this will be added unto you. Praise the Lord. The queen of Sheba sought out the wisdom of Solomon. She sought to hear the word of God. The second group we want to talk about is the disciples. These men forsook all to follow Jesus. Now I'm not advocating that you desert your job like they did. But understood. But, but understand, understand what they gave up. They gave up their livelihood, they gave up their families, they gave up their homes, they gave up their, their, uh, their resources, they gave up everything to follow Jesus. Paul said in Philippians that he counted all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ. Everything he had, it didn't matter anymore. The only thing that mattered was Jesus and being a part of of the kingdom of God the the new testament is full of men and women who desired the kingdom of God and the eternity that it brings more than anything else life itself is cheap in order to a cheap price to pay to gain the the, the kingdom to gain Christ brother murphy says it all the time as you make it into heaven early gates click Reverse psychology does not work with God, I will tell you. (laughs) But you can't look at people that do and don't have, and this is what this scripture is about, is, is about things. It's about things of the world, and you can't judge them based on what they do or don't have. Just because somebody comes in here that's got lots of money and all of this stuff, and they own Exxon, does not mean that they're spiritual. And does not mean that their advice about spiritual things should be taken. And just because somebody comes in here poor and and all of that stuff doesn't mean they're spiritual either. It's about their relationship with God. So we have to keep a balance in our life and not have to really hurry. The Bible says to set your affections on things above. Love God and the things of God more than earthly things. That's the only thing that will last Everything else is going to burn up. It's going to be destroyed. The house, the cars, the land, whatever. Incidentally, how many of you on YouTube or happen to have seen the video of the guy driving the car worth $2.6 million into the Saltwater Lake? It's one of those little sports car things from Europe paid $2.6 million for it, had his friend videoing him driving it down the road because he wanted to show everybody, got a text message or was trying to send a text message, you know, playing with his cell phone, drove off into a saltwater lake, went completely underwater, it's completely ruined. Isn't that awesome? I wonder if insurance is going to cover that one. You see what a car like that can get you? A lot of heartache. Don't set your affections on those things. If you want to buy one, God bless you, but that shouldn't be your life. Lay up treasures in heaven, the Bible says. How do you do that? How do you get treasures in heaven? By giving your time, by giving your talents, by giving your skill, by giving yourself to the kingdom of God and to the work of God. Invest in the kingdom. I prefaced this Bible study last week by saying there's two or there's three basic types of people in their life there's people that waste their life. There's people that spend their life and there's people that invest their life. Invest your life in the kingdom of God. Set aside some of your time to engage both physical and spiritual causes around the church, around the kingdom of God. If you can help the kingdom of God, help them, whether it's physical need or a spiritual need. Take time in your life to pray. God, I hope you pray. I hope all of us pray. It's a relationship with God. It's hard to have a relationship without talking. Ask my wife. She gets mad at me because I don't talk sometimes. But I always listen. Honestly, she thought she had me the other day. You didn't hear a word I said, so I just repeated everything she just said. How in the world I did it, I don't know, but bless God, it worked. Take time to pray, to fast, to read your Bible. How about fellowship with people? We all need fellowship. I know we live busy schedules. I know life is busy. We all have things to do. But how about every now and then, take a little bit of time. Find a person that you go to church with, a friend, somebody That maybe you don't know very well invite them to your house grill some hamburgers anything invite people uh, engage the kingdom of God if God calls you for a special work then respond to that give yourself and and if you have the talents to do it in music and singing and teaching Sunday school teachers ushers all of these things that's engaging the kingdom uh, if you can sing sing if you can't I can't. that's why you never see me singing and if you do see me singing don't get close enough to hear me pay your tithes and offerings as God prospers you prosper the kingdom bless the kingdom bless others around you don't develop a spirit of pride don't ever think that you're better than somebody else. No, Brother Merrill, I would never do that. But as we become successful in the kingdom, if we become successful at work, we, all of us have a human nature that has a tendency to say, hmm, I'm doing really well right now. I'm doing really good. And I'm just a little bit better than that person that's struggling. Obviously, I'm a little bit smarter than he is. Don't allow that to happen. Bear in mind that everything that we possess, Jesus was talking about possessions, people that worry so much about possessions and don't seek first the kingdom. Bear in mind that everything that you possess, it's temporary anyway. You can't take it with you. Anybody ever heard that old saying? You can't take it with you anyway. It's not going to be there. I remember hearing a story about a guy that was extremely wealthy. He was a multi-billionaire. He was an older gentleman and obviously fell in love with this very beautiful young lady, but she loved him. It wasn't the money. It's amazing how that happens. And as he was dying, she he called her into the room and said, now look, I've set up a little fund for you. It'll take care of you the rest of your life, but I want you to make me a promise. She said, what is that? He said, I want you to take all of my money, every every penny that I have, and I want you to put it in the casket with me when I die so I can say that I took it with me. He said, now I want you to promise me that. She said, I promise I'll do it. And she told some of her friends and all of that stuff that she had made that promise. Sure enough, as the, the, old, the old man passed away and the funeral was over, and one of her friends walked up to her and said, I have to ask you, did you do it? Did you put every penny he was worth in his casket with him? Did you do that? Did you bury him with his money? And are you only going to live on the little bit that he gave you for the rest of your life? She said, I put every penny in his casket. It ain't my fault he can't cash that check. thought <laughs> oh, it was cute. Our lives are spent seeking something we're never satisfied regardless of what we have and don't have we seek every day let your life be invested in seeking first the kingdom our destiny in eternity where we spend eternity is determined by what we seek in this life if we seek first the kingdom we have a wonderful promise we have a wonderful promise a wonderful hope that there is a place called heaven it's described in the word of god and and even the description in the word of god leaves so uh... so uh... much to the imagination it leaves us so uh... longing for that place but even the description in the bible cannot uh... tell us what it's truly going to be like cannot tell us its splendor and it's glory. And it's going to be cheap whatever we invest, whatever it costs us. So it's it's imperative as the people of God. It's imperative that we seek first the kingdom. That we put God first in our life. He is the most important thing that we can have. The most important possession that you can possess is a relationship with God. Nothing is more important than God. Nothing is more important than God. Nothing is more important than God. And as humanity, we have a tendency to place things important, but Jesus has warned us and Jesus has told us that if you will take the kingdom of God, take the things of God and put them first in your life, then he'll take care of your life. We're in the middle of a miracle-for-you crusade, and so far the last two nights have been phenomenal, have been incredible. Uh, We have already heard of miracles of healing, uh, unbelievable stuff that God has already done. He's touched so many people's lives. And people all the time, uh, there's songs that that people sing, and I've heard them uh, on, uh, on the radio and And Christy plays music a lot around the house, and I'll hear them. You know, God, I need a blessing. God, I need you to bless me. Well, if you need a blessing from God, one of the first things you can do is put God first. And he'll bless you with the necessities of life. He'll bless you with the things that you need. He'll bless you with, uh, with provision. He'll bless you with these things. God tells us, God instructs us, seek him first. Put him first. And go ahead and have your ambitions. Go ahead and try for that promotion. Try to be everything you can be in business and everything that you can be in job and everything you can be in career. Shoot for those things. Get your education. Get all of that stuff. It's all wonderful and good. But make sure that God never falls in second place. Because if you'll do that, God will bless the rest of it. God will take care of the rest of it. How many will join with me this morning and seek first the kingdom? Make God the most important thing in your life. I pray all the time, God, I want you to be the center. I want you to be the hub around which I rotate. He's got to be the the focal point. He's got to be the center of everything that we do. Praise the Lord. God bless you this morning. I appreciate all of you for being here. Thank you for your attention. Uh, We're going to start our second service in just a few minutes And you're definitely not going to want to miss that. Nobody leave.